across the road Pecking gravel in the noonday sun Shaking her tail like the queen of the yard Not minding anyone Welcome to Building the Bakken Radio Heard in the Crude Life Media Network My name is Jason Spies and I'm your host today Thank you folks for joining us this week on Building the Bakken Radio The most trusted energy brand in the Bakken today now, as I mentioned a moment ago, Building the Bakken is part of the Crude Life Media Network, and it's not a political program, rather an informational brand. No polarizing talk, just conversations about the facts of the energy industry. Right here at Building the Bakken, we generate positive energy. With programs like Building the Bakken, we're able to tell the stories about the people, the communities, and the companies within the industry, those who are involved with the evolution of the Bakken oil field and shale play USA. We got a fantastic program this week in store for you here at Building the Bakken. And it's a, kind of our year in review, if you will. Some newer interviews, but it's a year in review. Uh, we talk with William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group. Talks about the uh, Davis Refinery coming to Belfield, North Dakota. We get a nice little recap of an interview with William Prentice. The CEO talks about some of the timelines, some of the hurdles, some of the overall just uh, unexpected when it came to the Davis Refinery coming to Belfield, North Dakota. Going to add thousands of jobs to the Bakken oil field. All right, then we talk with Kevin Black with Credence Energy Services. He speculates what 2019 will look like in the Bakken and where some of the price points are for his energy activity. It's nice to get these interviews every now and then because everybody's different. Everybody's price point is different. And then the midstream and the downstream, the upstream, the salmon stream, all those different streams are impacted by that as well. So it's a great conversation, Kevin Black. Uh, We also talk about the uh, workforce issues and how the state's in competition for many of those human resources amongst the Permian, Marcellus, uh, Eagleford, a lot of these other shale plays are in competition with the Bakken. Kevin Black with Credence Energy Services talks about that a little bit more in addition to his speculation of 2019 and what some of the oil prices are. And as long as we're talking about some of the workforce issues, we're going to have Michelle Comer, the North Dakota Labor Commissioner, on. That's a big uh, platform for her this last year, is actually in the last few months uh, after their recent study came out about the, the uh, workforce issues that are critical to the Bakken's longevity and their success. So Michelle Comer joins us a little later in the program to talk about the uh, labor issues happening in the state of North Dakota. There's something like 35,000 jobs available in the state of North Dakota. Now the issue is, and this is a legitimate issue, is that sometimes you just can't teach a dog a new trick. And there's a lot of people that are not willing to go get certified, not willing to go get trained, because it takes a year, it takes nine months, takes two years. And just sometimes the momentum of life doesn't allow for that. So uh, they're going to be getting jobs from elsewhere, or employees from elsewhere. They're going to start looking in other states, other regions, and then after that, other countries. So that's kind of what's going to happen in North Dakota. It's going to be a melting pot over the next five years. Uh, when it term, in terms of uh, human resources coming to the state. I mean, oil and gas is a global industry. So being able to you know, work in Kazakhstan and Qatar, Alaska, North Dakota, a lot of it's just weather conditions. So we're going to see a little bit of a change happening in the Bakken oil field due to the workforce issues that are happening in the state. Okay, all that plus much more on today's episode of Building the Bakken Radio. Oh, this week's singer-songwriter spotlight, Brooks West. 
outstanding singer-songwriter from North Dakota. He's living down in Nashville now, trying to make the dream happen, teaching some art, also making the music happen. So good for Brooks West. Uh, We're going to be featuring his music all episode long. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. Mind your own business, but you better pay attention to. You might turn a blind eye on the world, but there's always an eye on you. There's always an eye on you. Got a great idea for this holiday season. The Crude Life t-shirts are now for shale. Four different designs to choose from. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now for shale link. That's thecrudelife.com. Become an energy enthusiast today and start living the crude life. The Crude Life t-shirts now for shale. Lilies in the yard Coming into bloom Everyone is young Everything is new. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group, talking about the Davis Refinery. What are you hearing from some of the locals, by the way? I know that, um, you know, a year ago, they were very much in favor of it. You know, flash forward a year, um, are are they still, you know, as, as much in favor of it now that they've had a year or two digest it? Has anybody come forward with any complaints, or are they still, you know, showing up to the meetings and giving you guys pat on the backs and saying, let's get this thing built? Well, you know, we're we're in the litigation phase on several of our permits. That was anticipated. Uh, we seem to be holding our own. So we're kind of out of the public appearance uh, sort of business on the on this part of the project. Uh, whenever there's any kind of a hearing or anything like that, we still have people showing up in support of the project, and we're, we're very grateful for that. But uh, by and large, uh, everybody's just kind of waiting for us to... Uh, to get a little bit more showing up in the field to <laughs> to demonstrate that this project is actually getting built. So, you know, as of right now, everybody that drives by will occasionally comment back to us that they're happy to see the earthwork uh, sure. being done. But I think everybody's going to be a lot happier when uh, when they see steel going up and, and see people getting hired. You mentioned... Um litigation and in our previous interview you've you brought up that was kind of the new normal and uh, you still feel that way today that um, you know a lot of these these projects they get held up because of litigation and that's kind of the new normal and um, how, how have you tackled that you know now that we're you know about a month away from um, when you brought that up before because that kind of seemed like it was a surprise the new normal if you will that why that's why the new the word new is in there um, just kind of talk to me about that a little bit, you know, now that you've had a little bit longer to process that new normal part, is that, um, is, is that satisfying everybody in terms of some of the people that were maybe protesting or, or causing appeals and that sort of thing? Well, you know, the people that oppose the project simply because it's an oil project are never going to be happy. Um, so, you know, we go about our business and, and move the project forward. So, Lots of times all that's left um, is for people to uh, go down to the courthouse and, and express their displeasure there. So we have to be ready for that. Uh, by new normal, I guess, you know, we face the fact that uh, 
this is an ongoing part of any kind of a, a business like ours. And so, uh, unfortunately, uh, in addition to uh, a great many highly talented engineers, uh, we have a, uh, a proportionally higher uh, number of uh, attorneys on staff than any company has ever had to have in this business before. Um, you know, big companies and small companies uh, have to face that new reality. Uh, it's a bigger burden on a smaller company like ourselves just getting started. But that's just the price of doing business. To listen to the full-length interview with William Prentice, the CEO of Meridian Energy Group, or listen to other Building the Bakken features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Building the Bakken Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Our social media audience is over 350,000 people. Followers, I should say. So check out thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab. Check out our social media network. And we'd love for you to like, follow, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff that social media asks you to do with the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies. This is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. What you gonna do when you're not pretty? Building the Bakken Radio Herd and the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies and I'm your host today. Up next, Kevin Black with Credence Energy Services. You know, kind of where you have to start kind of having a heads up for, you know, if prices get to a certain point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, not not often do our customers come out right and, and tell us here at this price point we're gonna we're gonna cut back our drilling program. These are very fluid conversations um, internally for them, and things can literally change by the day and the week. Uh, but generally speaking, internally, our customers have, a, I, I believe, have a very, very solid understanding of at what point they are profitable and at what point they are, they are not. Um, you know, we're still in a range that I would say most operators would say they're still profitable um, and going to continue to invest. Obviously, I, I would. I know that most of them would prefer to be above where we're at right now um, with WTI being, like I said, just dipping below $50 a barrel. I'm sure most would be much more comfortable at 60 or above. But um, once we start getting below 40, uh, that's when there's the really significant pause for concern. Although, as you know, Jason, uh, during the downturn, uh, the industry made significant strides in becoming much more efficient, being able to do a lot more with less lowering their overall cost for drilling and completing wells, lower the overall uh, cost for, for lifting. Um, so they can certainly operate in a lower price environment, but um, certainly we'd probably, everybody would like to be a little higher than where we are today. Yeah, no, and you're right about that. Um, I just remember back when it was, it was 30 bucks 
the Bakken was still putting out a million barrels a day. Now that doesn't mean any, that doesn't mean anybody was making money, but um, you know, because a lot of these oil companies they they, they don't want to shut these these rigs and the momentum down because once they do that. Who knows when they're going to start it back up again? Because they got to go find the crews and they got to go find the personnel and get the logistics back working again. As you know, so they'll you know they'll break even, and companies like yourself will probably even sharpen your pencil from time to time if it dips below a certain point and that sort of thing. But um, so you kind of that forty dollars, but fifty the the um, thoughts at least start happening. I, I would bet, yeah. So. Um, well, yeah, and, and just to follow up with this, yeah. is, you know, the, the oil and gas industry certainly not, you know, for the faint of heart, and we're really playing a long-term game with this. You're exactly right that we, we're in a we are in a massive job shortage because so many of those folks with significant in- industry experience were either let go or had to find other work uh, during the downturn. I think a lot of companies are going to be cognizant of that um, if. If oil continues to slide, not not to say that it will, not to speculate, but I mean, you, workforce is so valuable, and it's what's been really holding us back for the last year and a half here. And I don't think a lot of service companies and, oper- and operators are going to want to let good, valuable people go um, in, a, in a knee-jerk reaction. Again, I think people who are here are here to stay for the long term. No, I agree. Um, Kevin Black, Credence Energy Services. Um, I, I want to circle back to that job market um, or the job workforce. I, I had a great conversation with uh, Michelle Comer, the uh, North Dakota Labor Commissioner, and I kind of want to fold that into the conversation. But uh, first, before, just uh, tell the audience uh, quickly, uh, what it is your company does, how how you fit into the whole oil and gas puzzle. Yeah, you bet. So we're we're a oil and gas uh, chemical service provider. We primarily focus on production chemicals. The best way you can think of what we do is we're like the doctors and the pharmacists of the oil field. Uh, just as the human body uh, over time starts to uh, break down and have issues, uh, you go to the doctor, you take blood work, uh, they diagnose you, and they put you on a prescription. Same thing happens with us. As these oil wells break down, they're susceptible to things like corrosion, metal loss, um, mineral scale deposition, which essentially plugs up plugs up uh, the flow lines and the tubulars uh, below surface. And what we do is we go out and grab samples of the, the water, uh, the brine, primarily the brine, sometimes the gas and the oil. And what we do is we run that through our lab, try to predict what type of problems might happen, and prescribe a chemical solution that we treat the well on a regular basis with uh, to essentially extend the runtime and make that well uh, a more profitable operation. Okay, and I'm glad that you explained it like that because your job, uh, your 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 job essentially has been created because of the latest shale bloom boom. Is that is that fair to say? Because there's been a whole new bunch of industries that have, have kind of popped up because of the new new technology that has come with this. Um, is, is that, I mean, how, how much of your company is, is part of that old school non-horizontal drilling, or has yours kind of been been kind of created because of the horizontal drilling? Well, it uh, a little bit of both. Uh, certainly production chemistries have been used in oil and gas right, uh, right. Since, since, it, since Rockefeller started. Uh, but we, uh, during this boom, uh, 
we are faced with new challenges that we've had. We've actually pioneered solutions here in North Dakota as an industry right. that um, they haven't had to deal with in the past. Uh, our water, the, the brine that is produced along with the oil is, is uh, concentrated with, with minerals such as iron and calcium. Salt is a big problem. And it's also very corrosive, Brian, too. So we've had to develop technologies, um, chemistries, application methods in the Bakken um, that really are new um, just to, to tackle just the, the sheer harshness, harshness, excuse me, of, of Bakken, Brian. And so, yeah, and, and my point for that was um, more just the outlining the technology and how it's kind of changed some things, you know, in the... Uh, on the flip side of it, you know, you've got software technology and you've got yes. drone technology, you've got sensors. Um, one of the things that is kind of is becoming more of a reality every day, especially as, you know, we, we talk here in the wintertime, um, the, the Bakken has got some competition. There's some other shale plays going on. But now with some of the remote working stations and some of the remote sensors, some people don't even necessarily have to, to um, live here. Um, you're, you're somebody that lives out there and works out there every day. Um, is, is that part growing? Are people buying homes? Do you know what I mean? Because uh, Michelle Comer and I were talking, you know, there's a lot of jobs. There's a lot of competition. Um, we've talked over the years about the amount of investment going into Watford City and Williston and Tioga, Minot, for that matter, Dickinson. Yep. Um, are, are you, are you seeing families sticking around, you know, I mean, um, are, are you seeing that or are most of these people just, you know, waiting for p prices to drop below a certain amount and then they'll go back to Oklahoma, I guess, or whatever. But, um, do you, do you know my, what, what my, yeah, you know, I'm, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And there, there's a, there's a couple different layers uh, to that question, which are really good. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, we have to always be cognizant of the fact that we are in absolutely in competition uh, for, for resources, for human, human resources, for capital. We're in competition for all those really critical things to develop this oil play with Texas um, and with other plays, not just in the United States, but across the world. Mr. Kevin Black, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to conclude our interview here, continue our interview here with Kevin Black with Credence Energy Services right here on Building the Bakken Radio in just a moment. Uh, at first, we've got to take a quick pause. My name is Jason Spies. This is Building the Bakken Radio heard on the Crude Life Media Network. We'll be back with Kevin Black with Credence Energy Services in a Watch it shine so bright Underneath the stage lights You've been up all night Driving home in the corner of your whole midnight Watch it shine so bright All the music heard on today's program is written and performed by Brooks West. To check out more information on Brooks West or to purchase his music, go to brookswestmusic.com. That's brookswestmusic.com. This is singer-songwriter Brooks West. 
Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Got a great idea for this holiday season. The Crude Life t-shirts are now for shale. Four different designs to choose from. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now for shale link. That's thecrudelife.com. Become an energy enthusiast today and start living the crude life. The Crude Life t-shirts now for shale. It seems everywhere I go these days, someone is telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what professional speaker Mark J. Lindquist has to say. To see Eric Hatch grow his business and then start to share it with other people, I think is one of those great steps in life. You know, what do you do in society? You succeed at a thing and then you teach other people how you did it. And now to see Eric duplicating his genius across the country. I'm telling you, there's a world changer down the street, and his name is Eric Hatch. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? You need a raise. From apartment to apartment, state to state, and it doesn't really matter where I go. There's only one place I could call my home. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, we continue our conversation with Kevin Black with Credence Energy Services. Um, so we have to keep that in mind when we're talking about policy, when we're talking about taxation, uh, when we're talking about regulation. Uh, those are all really important things to make sure that investors are looking at North Dakota to send their capital to develop oil here rather than other places. Um, when it comes to the human uh, human resources, human capital side of it, we we are we are still really in need of people to come to North Dakota. Um, as, as this industry, as the oil and gas sector, what I truly believe is coming more of a true industry in our state, uh, there's, there's all the infrastructure that goes along with it. There's the gas processing facilities. There's the pipelines. Um, there's all the things that are on the production end where we need people who are here for the long haul. Um, there's always going to be that faction that, that come in, um, you know, the, the frack crews or the drilling crews that might be based in Colorado or Texas that'll come here and do their stint to go home. And that's fine. Um, that's not a bad thing. We need those people to bring their talents and their expertise to North Dakota and share that with North Dakota. But as time goes on, the, the population of people who are here permanently and who are going to build careers and put roots down, set, uh, raise families, send those kids to schools, that population is only going to continue to grow. Yeah, you bring up a good point that I, I forget about oftentimes is um, 
the, the amount of infrastructure that's going to be built over the next 10, 15 years. I mean, you take a look at, you know, just what Hess has on the books to be built, the Davis Refinery over yep. in Belfield, um, One Oak, uh, the expansion that they're doing to their gas plants. And that's not even talking about the pipelines. That's not talking about the roads. Uh, I mean, the the Western North Dakota roads, some of those are actually being built for cars for the first time ever. I mean, but, but, but well, before they were like built for, you know, a couple combines a year and that was it. Yep. I yeah, mean, absolutely. people people don't understand that, that there, a heavy rain actually would take the roads off the off of the, you know, take the cement off the roads. So, yeah, I, I see. I think that's a good thing, because when you, you have construction like that, your population is going to just grow based on that. Right. When, when you have that much available work that's going on. In fact, I was just talking to a um, guy the other day in Fargo, and they, they're going out to Bismarck for work because uh, work's kind of drying up on the eastern side of the state. So they're going out west to find work. So that, that tells you where it is. But one of the things, um, I reason I kind of am asking these questions is um, – I agree with you that the oil industry is here to stay. It is to me. I I, I say it's just like ag now. It's based on a price. If the, if if the price of wheat is something, well, the farmers are going to plant wheat. If the price of corn is this, well, the pri- the farmers are going to plant corn. Well, if if the price of oil is is this, they can drill this many wells. If it's if it's the price of this, they can drill this many wells. And that's really where it's at. It's it's almost um, predictable. But it's not because <laughs> it's it's the oil industry. It'll never be predictable. But what do you see on this in terms of where do you see the industry going? Um, do you see it being sustained like to where it, it, it's going to be something where you can, you know, sustain a business on that type of thing? Or do you still see the boom bust that's already there? I mean, the boom bust that was there before. Well, I, I think you'll always have a bit of both, but I think the, the portion that is going to be growing and most prevalent down the road is the more sustainable and stable uh, components of the business, right? Um, you're, you're 100% right. With price, I mean, we're dealing with a global commodity, so we're always going to be subject to that commodity price, and that's largely going to drive investment. Um, and that investment uh, is going to make an impact on how many rigs we have drilling and how many wells we're completing. But we still have now, uh, we still, and I think we're right up against 14,000 wells, uh, according to Lynn Helm's last uh, director's cut report. We're almost to 14,000 wells, which is remarkable. And those wells are going to be produced, you know, despite the ups and downs. Um, companies like Oasis are making, you know, phenomenal investments into gas plants. Um, so I, I just, I really don't. There, there will always will always be subject somewhat, you know, to that price fluctuation. But this is, I, I believe, a, an industry that's going to be long lasting in North Dakota. Uh, we can be we can be excited about this industry, um, and I think you know we just have to realize that we are in competition though with with other with other plays such as Texas uh, for for attracting investment. Well, I think that's one of the biggest. Um pieces of this whole story that needs to be told a little bit more of that, you know, it's great to rah, rah, rah and, and, and talk about the things that are going good. But at the same time, you're, you're right. There's some serious competition out there. I mean, um, North Dakota, what, what do we got? 15,000 jobs available, something like that. I mean, 
you know, and it's a, and it's a lot. And to put it in perspective, right now, one in every five jobs in the state of North Dakota are energy related. So that really puts things into perspective. And in, in the fact that energy is oil and gas is really um, making a permanent stand here in North Dakota. Well, and the thing about oil and gas is they're the only industry in the last decade. So when you take a look at all the different industries, the tech industry, the the entrepreneur wave that we had, um, you know, all these different things, the only industry that has got a net gain of jobs over the last decade is the mining industry, which is what oil and gas is in. And oil and gas has driven this thing is they're the only industry that's that's actually gained jobs over the last decade. So when when you think about a state like North Dakota, that's trying to get to that next level in so many different ways, whether it be the flood diversion project on the east side or whether it's infrastructure that needs to be built on the west side or whatever it is, they need the they need the energy industry. They need it. Absolutely. Um, I, I don't know the exact number as it stands right now, but nearly half of all the state revenues are coming directly or indirectly from oil and gas. So when it when it comes to this state and funding the state's needs, like whether you said whether it's water projects um, or, or other uh, human ser- health and human services, whatever it might be, higher education, all these things, oil and gas is feeding, is driving a lot of those tax dollars their way. Um, so so we need to so we need to make sure that we're we're creating responsible. Uh, regulations, but we're not driving, you know, investment other places. To listen to the full-length interview with Kevin Black with Credence Energy Services or to listen to other Building the Bakken features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Building the Bakken Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of our social media links are over 350,000 followers. Check out thecrudelife.com. Click on the social media tab and see our links to our social media pages and like, follow, and do all that fun social media stuff. We'd appreciate it greatly. All right, my name is Jason Spies. This is Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. I feel lost and separated And every step I take Falls on foreign ground And I feel like going back to North Dakota Take a job, find a wife Finally settled down But right now I'm addicted to emotion And freedom at my selfish Solitude provides And I'd hate to think that I'd become a stranger To the place where I was born Where my heart still resides Where the nighttime lights earth and light on the horizon you're the soft red glow of a wintertime sea clouds And all the memories come falling down on me Every time I roll back to town Every time I roll back around all the music heard on today's program is written and performed by Brooks West. To check out more information on Brooks West or to purchase his music, go to brookswestmusic.com.
brookswestmusic.com. That's brookswestmusic.com. This is singer-songwriter Brooks West. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Got a great idea for this holiday season. The Crude Life t-shirts are now for shale. Four different designs to choose from. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now for shale link. That's thecrudelife.com. Become an energy enthusiast today and start living the crude life. The Crude Life t-shirts now for shale. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch Coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about Hatch Coaching. Leaders like Eric Hatch are changing the face of what it means to lead an organization or what it means to lead a brand. He's changing that. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Speece. No one does an interview like Jason Speece. Jason Speece is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Speece on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. You can run from the wintertime in the midnight black. Cold coming up behind you. Your neck, snow on the road like the fingers of a ghost. Wind is crying through a crack in the window. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spees, and I'm your host today. Up next, Michelle Comer, the North Dakota Labor Commissioner. What did your study find that was needed? For healthcare. Sure. So we went into this knowing that there's been a nursing shortage for 25 years. So, um, you know, had we come out of this and said, hey, there's a nursing shortage, we would have had a lot of people say, thanks, Captain Obvious. We knew that, right? Right. And we did. But what's... Dennis, too. Yeah. Yeah. But what's different mm-hmm. about today's healthcare shortage is really two things, and it has to do with the generational shift. We've got a generation of, well, every profession, but it's hitting us hard in healthcare of nurses retiring, but simultaneously we are becoming greater users of healthcare as the baby boomer generation gets older. Mm -hmm. So when you look at line graphs, you see that trend and it's making this shortage all the more critical and acute, not to mention um, it's particularly acute in rural North Dakota. So, but the one thing that we learned, and not the one thing, we learned a lot of different things through this, but one thing that really stood out to us was that even if we solved the nursing shortage in North Dakota, you still can't keep your emergency room open or your critical care hospital open if you don't have x-ray technicians, if you don't have radiology technicians. And so the healthcare tech jobs really, um, that, that became evident to us, thanks to all the folks that were involved in this, that we worked with and interviewed through this process. You know, they said, don't forget this 
even if I solve this nursing problem, there are still these jobs. Well, and as you pointed out, this points straight back to the technical skills gap, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of those jobs are attainable with a two-year degree. And um, there we found, to some extent, um, we compared the programs available in North Dakota to educate um, in the areas where we have shortages, and we do have some gaps there. And, and that's when, you know, a level of detail that we got to get in to say, hey, you know, there may be an opportunity here to have a program, to develop a program that meets this need. Um, you know, with my kids being the ages they are, I would love for someone to be talking to them um, in school about how there are these jobs open today. You will get one if you can enroll in this program and do well in the program. And you may even get an employer to sponsor you through this. Um, you know, in this process, I have learned that um, that person needs to be me. But that avail that information today, um, you know, we need to as a system, as a North Dakota system, uh, and it's one of our recommendations um, is to figure out how we can integrate this connection, make this connection between the jobs that are available, the programs that are available to educate people to do those jobs, and how we make students. And we don't even want to limit it to students, frankly. This is a situation where people can go back and get educated in these jobs if they're underemployed, if they want to try something different. But we have to draw that connection. We have to convene. And um, what I have found um, is that there's a great appetite to do that. This isn't. We, I haven't run into a scenario where there's a reluctance to collaborate on this. Um, I find great enthusiasm about collaborating on things like this, but it does take a structure to do that convening. And that's, uh, you know, that's what this has really been all about. Well, I tell you, one of the things that we um, did in the program a few weeks ago was we interviewed um, um, Patrick Bertinoli from Nuvera, who's now at MBI, but... Um, He's on our council. Okay, so yeah. you, okay, great. So the Nuvera... Um, little thing that they have going on with the introducing the CDL licenses to high school kids. Yeah. I thought it was brilliant. It is. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And I would have been the first one to say, okay, is this, does this pass the, you know, the, the are, are we bleeding private business into high school kids and that sort of thing? Yeah. But that's not what this is about at all. This is about the CDL license yeah. and the opportunity that can come with that. And <clears throat> I really like that. Yeah. I thought that was really smart. And we talked to Daniel Stenberg, and he said that if it goes well with this, they're gonna or they're trying to bring in other industries too to the high schools, and that sort of thing. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of high school seniors take tech classes at the local colleges and things like that. And this is where these changes are happening, and I don't think a lot of people realize it. And like you brought up earlier, there's this 40-year-old mindset that we have of education. And I see how the oil and gas industry has really changed and shattered a lot of that perception. Yeah. Um, talk to me, and we only got about five minutes left here, okay. but uh, talk to me about um, just what New Vera is doing and where you see that going with under un, under your oversight as you know labor commission, uh, uh, job service North Dakota. Because I would imagine you know you probably want to keep an eye on it. Well, yeah, I mean, the next step from here, of course, is to determine which of these recommendations um, should move forward into the execution stage. Some of them take no funding at all. They only take agreements. Some of them take funding. To listen to the full-length interview with Michelle Comer with the North Dakota Labor Commissioner or to listen to other Building the Bakken features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. 
Building the Bakken Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All the social media links are available at thecrudelife.com. All of our pages equal 350,000 plus followers. If you go ahead and click on the social media tab, take a look at our pages and like, follow, subscribe. My name is Jason Spies. This is Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. Man, a little bit of strength you got left is going to be enough. To me, I'm gonna unfold my arms So you got a place to land That's soft and warm And that concludes another awesome episode of Building the Bakken Radio And I would like to personally thank each and every one of you Who listened and tuned in our program this week There are so many options out there for content and entertainment today and we are so grateful that you have chosen Building the Bakken Radio and the Crude Life Media Network for your option today. Again, thank you once again for listening to our program, our non-political, non-polarizing program known as Building the Bakken Radio. Now, was there an interview that you wanted to check out? Well, you can access past shows, features, and full-length interviews at thecrudelife.com. We would also like to invite you to be a part of our social media network. Join our ever-growing army of energy enthusiasts. We have quite a presence in many of the shale plays, like the Permian, Eagleford, Marcellus, Niobrera, and many, many more. It's all part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out. If you go to crudelife.com, click on our social media tabs, we've got a list of our social media sites, over 350,000 followers. We're strong. We're growing every day when we invite you to be a part of our social media network here at the Crude Life Media Network. Now, when you're at the Crude Life Dot com, be sure to click on our sponsors page. These sponsors make this program happen. Now, we've got some outstanding sponsors here at the Crude Life Media Network, and we ask you to please support them when you can. You know what? Heck, just reach out and say hello sometime. That's nothing like a nice hello. Click on the sponsors page. Check them out, crudelife.com. Thank you once again for listening to Building the Bakken Radio this week. We will be back next week right here on this radio station at this time once again. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Thank you once again for joining us this week, and remember, keep calm and frack on. Got glitter in the headlights, like silver sprites. They disappear like phantoms in the waves of white And every drop of water in the world is ice Sharpened in the sickles like silver knives The lines keep coming where the lanes divide it You and the road in the middle of the night It's you and the road in the middle of the night All the music heard on today's program is written and performed by Brooks West to check out more information on Brooks West or to purchase his music, go to brookswestmusic.com. That's brookswestmusic.com. This is singer-songwriter Brooks West. When you get to me, I'm going to my arms. So you got a place to land that's soft. Jason Speece, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Speece, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Speece. No one does an interview like Jason Speece. 
Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise.